Welcome in episode 31 of the Print Fest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue, alongside Scott Bandy. We're here to break down the week four DraftKings main slate. Boy, it's a doozy. There are not a lot of running backs to play and a lot of wide receivers to play. Scott, what's going on? What's up, man? What's up, man? Um, yeah, the more I look into this slate, the more I'm starting to like it. You know, when I first when I took my first glance at it on Monday, I was like, these running backs stink. You know, I'm not sure where the value is. Running backs ugly. It's been ugly the last two or three weeks now. Yeah. Receivers are completely loaded, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that. But um, yeah, so I think the big thing with this slate is just the lack of value overall. Um, there's no real clear value plays uh, for for my money. There's like no one at receiver less than 5k that I really care about there's some cheap running backs we'll get back to punting tight end you know so but yeah all in all I, I like this slate more I think than I did last week yeah I do too I do too um starting with quarterback uh all the way up at the top he's the second highest priced quarterback on this slate and it's Josh Allen I mean this dude he he is getting back to his old ways um, with that 40 bomb that he put up last week. Um, you know, they're at home. It's a fast-paced game. They're taking on Houston's putrid-ass defense. Yeah, they have a 32 implied total. Um, Josh Allen's averaging 25 drafting points per game. It's right around what he was hammering out last year. His ADOT is 9.6 yards, so he's starting to sling it downfield a little bit. Um, he's averaging 29 rushing yards a game, so he's, he still has legs. Um, and then this this terrible Houston defense um, that's allowing eight yards per attempt to the murderer's row of rookie Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, and uh, the ghost of Sam Darnold. So um, not exactly uh, the best defenses or the best quarterbacks that Houston has played against. And now they get to take on uh, Josh Allen. So, um, you know, in Josh Allen's – I looked up his wins of uh, 15 – uh, points or more because uh, you know you can kind of get scared off where where it's like okay well they're just if they're just going to blow out Houston you know they might just run the ball a lot well um, in Josh Allen's games where they've won by 15 plus uh, he's averaged 30 and a half DraftKings points per game uh, in games where they've won by 10 or more he's averaged 28.6 um, in games where they've won by nine or less he's averaged 22.2 and then in losses, he's averaged 18.2. So, um, yeah, obviously the wider the margin, the better it is for the quarterback. So that's not a um, thing to run away from here. If if Houston's getting blown out by 30 points, it's because Josh Allen beat the shit out of him. So um, at 8K, he is a he's an awesome, awesome play. I don't know if I'm going to get to him in cash, but he's an awesome play, though. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head there. They're 17 17- point favorites which really is ludicrous that's like a college football line um but that's the thing to remember is that you know they're 17 point favorites for a reason and if you think that they're going to get up and sit their starters well how did they get up get up in the first place because josh allen just shoves it right up their ass like Mm -hmm. uh i think it's a it's a completely completely great spot for like a 40 burger out of josh allen 35 40 I think this is the week that we see Stefan Diggs really explode. Like the Houston defense, like you said, they've played no one. They're disgusting. Davis Mills is not going to be able to move the ball against Buffalo. 
I expect the time of possession to be severely lopsided in this game. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo hit the over by themselves. I'm not even sure what the what the line is in this game, but like if this game ended up being like 48 to 10, like I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not like Josh Allen could realistically play three quarters in this game and put up 35 fantasy points, go sit on the bench and let Matt Barkley play the fourth. So yeah, you just have to remember that they're they're gonna be up 35, nothing or whatever it will be for a reason. Um, but yeah, it's just eight point Oh, price tag. It's it's pretty expensive on a slate that's really devoid of a lot of value. So, yeah, like he's for sure in a great spot for a 35-point uh, output. Uh, the other guy that I'm going to talk about is Dak Prescott at 6,700. Um, Dallas, four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. 51-and-a-half is at the total. It's been bet up from 50 where it opened. Uh, Dallas is a 27 implied team total. I know that this probably doesn't seem like a great matchup on paper with Carolina only allowing uh, 12.9 points per game to opposing quarterbacks. But I think the thing to uh, make sure we emphasize here is the schedule that Carolina has played. Yes, Carolina is first DVOA overall and first against both the pass and run, but they've played the Jets in Zach Wilson, the Saints in Jameis Winston, and the Texans with Davis Mills. You can argue those are the Jets in Houston might be the two worst offenses in football. And the Saints with Jameis are inconsistent. Jameis hasn't thrown it for over 200 yards in a game yet. Um, that offense is not clicking at all. Like Alvin Kamara is not even doing great. So this game overall is going to teach us a lot about the Carolina defense. Uh, even though they've looked good, they've not played anyone close to the level of this Dallas offense. And Dak Prescott, we know how elite he is. And at a 6.7 price tag, he's just too cheap for a game that has a total of 51 and a half. Uh, like he's cheaper than Stafford, he's cheaper than Hurts, cheaper than Rodgers. And I just think that sets up for a pretty decent value with Dak. Um, and, you know, digging a little deeper, we just know how, how efficient this offense is. And we know that quarterback efficiency is better correlated to scoring than volume. Um, you know, the last two weeks, he's had over an 80% completion percentage. He's had an 8.8 and 9.2 yards per attempt. Like the over in Dallas games have hit in six of the last eight games that Dak has played. Uh, this is a 51 and a half over. I would not be shocked if it happens again. And I think the big thing here is that Dak's only averaged 26 and a half pass attempts the last two weeks. I don't really expect that to continue that much. You know, they play the Chargers. That's a team that invites you to run against them. And then Philly is pathetically bad. And Dallas was so efficient offensively that he didn't need to throw. Um, but I don't I don't expect Dallas to prioritize a run here against Carolina. They've been pretty stout front seven. And Darnold's looked good on the other side. I, I expect that he will have no problem, you know, driving and putting up points against this probably a decent Cowboys offense, definitely better than what we thought. So, um Overall, I think Dak is just too cheap in this matchup, and I think he's probably going to be one of the chalkier quarterbacks on the slate. Yeah, I'm with you on Dak. I think the only thing that you can um, ding Dak for now is that uh, come on off that, that, uh, his leg injuries, he's not running anymore. And so he's only averaging six rushing yards a game. Uh, and that's just like he's basically a statue. I mean, that's right up there with like Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just like – you know, he's just not moving. Um, so he's going to have to be extremely efficient. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot for him to get there. And, you know, that's why I, I, I just want to mention one more guy here. I kind of prefer Jalen Hurts 
at 6,900 where, you know, he's at home and another fast-paced game against Kansas City where we know they're going to be trailing the entire game. Um, the Eagles have a 23.75 implied total, um, you know, which is it's decent enough. It's not great. Um, but, I mean, Jalen Hurts is second on the slate in rushing yards per game right behind Lamar Jackson. So, um, you know, Lamar's averaging 84 rushing yards per game this season and Jalen Hurts is averaging 60. Um, I mean, that that floor, I mean, it's just absolutely massive. And that rushing gives you access to a massive ceiling. I think that if Dak's not going to be running, I think Jalen Hurts um, provides a similar floor and a much higher ceiling than Dak in this spot um, you know, against Kansas City, who Kansas City's defense, I mean, they are just future. They allow 9.1 yards per attempt. They're 32nd DVOA. Um, they get like no pressure on the quarterback. Um, 6,900 for Jalen Hurts is only 200 more than Dak Prescott. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is completely fine too. The Chiefs' defense is just all time bad. Like they, I, they're probably like the stone worst defense in the NFL at this point. The Chiefs cannot cover a spread to save their lives. Um, I think the one thing that probably does help Hurts in this spot is that this is a basically a must win game for Mahomes, or else they risk falling to one and three. Philly, their defense is not good. Mahomes is obviously the best player in the NFL. I'd be shocked if the Chiefs didn't score 30 against Philly. Um, so that could set up for a lot of garbage time for Hurts. Um, the rushing floor is always going to be there, especially against this terrible defense. Um, so, yeah, completely agree on the Hurts play. 6.9K, it's another spot where he can blow up. Like, he even played, like, Dallas last week. He completely shit his pants. Philly couldn't have looked much worse, and he still blew up over 20 fantasy points. So, yeah, I'm with you on there. And the last guy I think that's worth mentioning uh, is that uh, Matt Nagy said today that their quarterback decision on Sunday will be a game time decision. Uh, if it does end up being Justin Fields, he's 5,200 against the Lions. Lions are pathetic. I know that he really burnt us last week at the same price tag, but we have to remember that that was the legit second worst offensive performance from a team this century. Um, you mentioned earlier today that Matt Nagy might giving up, might be giving up play calling. Uh, and it's just last week he was against Cleveland in Cleveland in his first start. Like that's not the best matchup you can have. Detroit's a much different story. Is this is this game in the dome? If it's in the dome, I like it even more. But at 5,200, the rushing floor we should get from him, at least 35, 40 yards on paper. I think it's back in play again. It's just being able to stomach the fact that he burnt us so bad last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with, I'm with the Hurts play or the Fields play at 5,200. Um, ideally, I mean, Hurts or I keep mixing these guys up because I think they're just so similar. I think that Fields can give you that kind of rushing floor that Hurts gives you. Um, and he's, and he's much cheaper. I don't know why the hell they didn't run him and give him a bunch of design runs because this is, this is what he does. He's a good uh, rushing quarterback. And that was kind of the thesis behind why we wanted to play him at 5,200 last week. And now he's the same price. He's at home now um, against Detroit. So uh, I, I'm with the fields play if he is the starter, um, if you need the value. So moving over to running back, I think one of the guys that, you know, if you're going to be playing field, someone you can pay up for uh, is Derrick Henry. And so he's 8,800, the most expensive running back on the slate. Um, you know, they're on the road taking on the Jets. They have a 25.75 implied total. 
they're favored by seven. Henry has averaged 27.9 DraftKings points per game uh, this season. He's playing on 70% of the snaps. He's averaging 30.7 touches per game. This is absolutely ridiculous. And I think the biggest thing about Henry is now um, he's averaging 4.3 targets per game for a 12.8% target share. I mean, that's that's really huge for him because, you know, in the past, this guy, um, just looking at his past two seasons of 2019 and 2020, um, he had a 6.1% target share and only 1.8 targets per game. And now, like I just mentioned, he's up at 12.8 and 4.3 targets. So he's basically doubled his receiving output um, you know, three games into the 2021 season. So if that's sticky and that holds, uh, this guy's ceiling is going to be absolutely through the roof because we know he's going to get 30 touches. We know he's going to get all the goal line. Um, and now with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones out, I mean, that that is his – there's no one else there. He might get even more passes caught here. I mean, uh, the Jets are terrible. I, I mean – fading this guy is always tough. I think there's a lot of awesome receiving players on this slate. So it kind of um, makes you want to pay up for guys like Adams and cup and digs, but man, 8,800, that is, uh, you know, if this guy's under 10 K, he's always going to be in play. I think. Yeah. I mean, the Jets, oh God, it's such a juicy matchup. The Jets giving up a third of those points to opposing running backs on the season. They are another team that's just pathetically bad in all aspects, at least so far on the season. And then you know, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were ruled out earlier today. Might suit up for a little bit of a boost in the passing game, or maybe just they rely on the run even more. For me, it's the price tag with so little value. If Henry ends up being chalky, if we get the indication that he's going to be highly owned, it's going to be really hard to fade him because if they do give him like 35-plus touches in this game, it's hard to believe that he can get much more than like 35. He's already getting 31 touches a game, but golly, like it's the Jets. They're so bad. They're both their top receiving targets are out. I just see this game going so many different ways. I could see it just being a complete smash fest for Henry. At the same time, I could see the Titans going three and out, three and out every freaking play and just seeing the Jets win this game outright. Like, uh, chalky Derrick Henry literally just ruins my week. Like it literally just ruins my week because that I have, if he's chalky, I'm forced to consider him. You know, if you tell me Henry's 10% owned, you know, I'm not going to have a problem fading him because I do like guys like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup who are, you know, a thousand dollars cheaper. Uh, I've been fooling around with a lot of builds with Henry and without Henry today. Right now, I, I just kind of like where my lineups end up without him. Because there's some cheaper running backs that we like, but God, like this is another just juicy all-time spot for Henry. If he's chalky, uh, I don't know that I have the stones to not roll him out there. <laughs> uh, moving on to a cheaper guy, uh, Chuba Hubbard at 5,900. Uh, so obviously last week, CMC got hurt with the hamstring, left the game early. Um, from that point onwards, Chuba Hubbard played over 70% of the snaps including goal line and he was involved in the two minute drill. Uh, he ran, he's ran a play on or ran a route on 34 of the thir 38 pass plays that he's been on the field for. So he, he is splitting out wide. He's going out for routes rather than staying in the block. I expect him to see, you know, somewhere between six and eight targets, probably in this spot. He saw five targets last week after CMC left. So I think that provides a pretty decent floor. 
it's also worth uh, mentioning that he had five red zone touches last week, two red zone targets and three red zone attempts, which is really, really solid. Um, I expect maybe 75 to 80% of CMC's role, kind of similar to what we saw from Mike Davis last year. Obviously, not saying that this guy is anywhere near CMC. We know like, he didn't look great last week when he's on the field, but it's just the, the volume he's going to see at a 5.9 price tag in a game as a 51.5 total. I could see 12 to 14 carries, six to eight targets. And at that price tag, I think that's really juicy, especially for cash games. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps that he's taking on Dallas, so it allows 5.0 yards per carry. So, um, yeah, I, I think Dallas probably gets on top of Carolina in this game early um, and forces them to the air. Um, but, I mean, Hubbard should be in for the passing game uh, snaps. So, uh, I, I like Hubbard there, 5,900. Um, I think someone who I am locking into all of, you know, my lamps. I'm absolutely locking in DeAndre Swift. Um, his receiving role is, is basically what, you know, what we, what we've been getting from Alvin Kamara the last couple of years. Um, you know, he's averaging 7.7 targets per game in these first three games of the season for 19.6% target share. I mean, uh, he has a basically a 20% target share. That's like right there with like Robert Woods. I mean, this is, he's getting like, he's legit getting wide receiver, um, looks and he's averaging 17.3 touches per game on 62 percent of the snaps so um and he's getting goal line too he's averaging two um touches inside the 10 per game as well so uh and taking on chicago it's a pretty middling matchup they allow 4.4 yards per attempt and um they're 17th DOA. so it's nothing to run away from here in the matchup he's averaging 20 DraftKings points per game he's 6.2 k um yeah, I, I love DeAndre Swift. I think that with DraftKings being full PPR, he sets up perfectly for that. He's basically a wide receiver getting, um, you know, 12 to 15 carries as well and, and the goal line. So I, I think he he's an awesome – he's has such an awesome role, even though he's on a shitty team. If he was on uh, a better team, he would be the running back one. I mean, he would. So I love Swift. Yeah, I'm in lockstep with you on the Swift play, 6.2K. It's just too cheap for like he's basically get, has the same exact role as Austin Eckler, obviously for a worse team. But you could argue that that even sets up well for him because the lines are so bad that they just dump off in garbage time so much. And Swift is just eating up these targets. It really is like the exact same role that we see from Eckler. Uh, we always target Eckler in these shootout spots, you know, when they're going up against the Chiefs or whoever it may be, and we expect them to be behind. Well, I see no different for Swift, except that the offense and the team in general is just worse. But, you know, um, he's he's literally just in a full PPR site. Like, he's getting, like, six catches a game uh, with upside for more. I mentioned last week when I would, played Hawkinson, I was following that game, and everything was just dump off the Swift, dump off the Swift, dump off the Swift. Like, Jared Goff just – God, he doesn't want to do anything but just dump off, which is great for – you know, the outlook of Swift. And at 6.2K, he's shown us that he has the floor, but the receiving upside he has, in addition to if he gets in the box, like his ceiling's there as well. So uh, I, I'm all on board. I think, again, just like you said, I think Swift is just a cash game lock at that price. And there's just not a lot to like at running back. Uh, the last guy I'll mention, and I don't love this play, 
but it just speaks to how, you know, mediocre running back is this week. It's Nashi Harris, 6,800. Um, I, I don't love him this week, but we know that his role is elite and running back is weak yet again. Uh, outside of McCaffrey and maybe Dalvin Cook, like who else is going to roll out there and play 95 plus percent of the snaps? We do know that Najee's going to be there. So for cash games, you know, the the usage is going to be there. Like obviously the story last week was that he got 19 targets because Ben is just so unbelievably bad and unwilling to drive the ball down the field. Obviously that is a giant outlier. We don't expect anywhere close to 19 targets again, but, you know, it is worth mentioning that all the receivers on this team are banged up. You know, Juju was DNP Wednesday and was limited Thursday. I'm not sure. I don't have any info on practice today. Um, Deontay was limited Wednesday. He was full participant yesterday, so expect him to suit up. And then Claypool was limited Thursday with a hammy, so now he's popped up as questionable. So, you know, if any of these guys miss, it can potentially see a bunch of checkdowns, just like we saw last week when Deontay was out and Juju ended up leaving that game. Um, and, you know, they're the seven-point dogs against Pitts, or against the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to toy with them, expect them to be losing for most of this game. So. Don't expect a ton from Najee on the ground, even though they are playing a pretty bad uh, run D in Green Bay. But the Steelers offensive line is just so bad. But regardless, you can project 13 to 15 carries and six, seven targets at least for Najee. So, again, I don't love it, but he's going to be out there for every snap and he's going to get the usage. So 6.8, he's fine. Uh, I'm probably not going to be rolling him out there until I see a lot more from this offense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Najee's fine. He's just going to be out there for every snap. So uh, he's worth a look if you can't, um, you know, if you can't get up to Henry and you play some of these other top notch wide receivers. So moving over to wide receiver, uh, let's get into these guys. So up top, there's Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, um, Stefan Diggs coming down. There's CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham. All these guys are awesome, awesome plays. Let's just dig into a couple of these guys. So let's start with the Cowboys guys. Amari Cooper, um, they're at home, massive total of 27 points, um, taking on Carolina. We talked about this game earlier on with Shuba Hubbard. Um, but Amari's out there for basically every snap. Um, you know, he had a rib injury. He's kind of just playing through it. He's 6K, which is 7K cheaper than uh, CeeDee Lamb. And, you know, he's averaging 17.6 DraftKings points per game. He's had a couple of down weeks in a row, but he's still averaging – 8.3 targets per game for a 21% target share. Um, he had, he's averaging two red zone targets per game. So um, he's involved when they get down close. And um, you know, with Carolina losing, um, ah, I'm missing his name. It's like right out of my. Oh, JC Horn. Yeah, they lost JC Horn, their rookie first round cornerback. Uh, but they did just bring in CJ Henderson from Jacksonville um, to kind of fill that void. I think Amari Cooper at 6K is just too cheap. Just too cheap. And uh, you want to touch on CD Lamb? Yeah, same thing with CD Lamb at 6.7K. I actually do prefer him, I think, um, to Cooper, but Cooper at 6K is just way too cheap. And we know the home road splits with Cooper. Like, I know, I know he was he had a down week last week. You could attribute that to injury, maybe, but you could also attribute it to the fact that they just didn't need to pass. I think Dak threw the ball like 26 times last week. Um, Philly's just unspeakably like horrid. Like, they, they couldn't have looked any worse. So, Lamb, we know his floor has been great this year. We know he's better than Cooper. 
Uh, I'll pull up a couple stats right now for him. Um, he's got a 25% target share. He's got 37% of the team's air yards. Um, you know, 0.63 weighted opportunity is really solid. Uh, 10.28. Like he, it's just we we know what this team is. They are so efficient off, offensively. Take your poison with Cooper and Lamb. Um, I see no reason that they can't both get here. Like I said, we're going to learn a lot about Carolina's defense this week. They have not played anyone close to this level of competition. And so I, I think they're both underpriced. Regardless of how good we think Carolina's defense is, this, this game has a 51-and-a-half team uh, combined total for a reason. So Vegas is expecting points scored on both sides. Um, and for me, I probably lean – Lamb has the better play, but Cooper's price tag at 6K is just egregious. So I love both of them. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll move up top. Like, Devontae Adams, 7.9K. Like, what is there to say about Devontae Adams at this point? Like, he's just a complete alpha. He's just straight up the best wide receiver in the league. Like, he's leading the league in targets. He had 18 targets last week. He's second in the league in air yards. He has the highest target percentage in the league, 37.7%. He's got a 0.87 weighted opportunity. That's the second highest in the league. Like, Rodgers just doesn't care <laughs> about any other targets on this team. It's just Rodgers just Adams. And just lock it in every single week. Uh, he has a higher floor than any other receiver in the league, and his ceiling is just as big as guys like Tyreek and what we've seen from Cup and whatnot. And the matchup's juicy, too. Like, the Steelers are allowing the fifth most points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, like I said, I expect the time, time of possession in this game to be lopsided because Big Ben, the Steelers, just completely suck on offense. And, you know, the last game and a half, you know, the Packers have really been clicking on offense. Uh, and 7.9K for a guy that's getting this level of, you know, usage and this level of production every single week, it's just not – it's not expensive enough. Like, he should be like 8, 8, 8, 9, 9K. Um, and on a slate devoid of a lot of juicy running back spots, he is 900 less than Henry, uh, only 100 more than Cup, which we'll talk about in a minute. I just think Devontae Adams is just too cheap, and it's another spot where I just expect, you know, eight, nine, ten catches. He'll probably get in the box because he's the most likely receiver to get in the box on any given Sunday. So I think he's just a smash. It's just a smash spot for him. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, let's touch on the Rams wide receivers because we just mentioned Devontae Adams. So, Cooper Cup is up at 7800 So, he's only $100 cheaper than uh, than Devontae Adams. And that's kind of a sticker shock. You know, Cooper Cup this is typically a guy who sits in like this 6'3", 6'4", range, and I was all the way up to $7,800. Um, but obviously, I mean, it merits it. I mean, his performance has been right there with Devontae, Devontae Adams. And actually he's averaged 32 DraftKings points per game. Devontae Adams has averaged 22. So um, he's completely obliterating every wide receiver in terms of fantasy points, but in terms of underlying usage, he's right there. Devontae Adams, you know, 11 targets per game for Cooper cup, 36% target share, um, 0.78 weight opportunity rating. It's right there with Adams. Um, his sis cup is, is being so efficient right now. Um, he's an awesome play. 7,800 is an awesome play. Um, and then let's talk about Robert Woods at 5,300. Um, you know, obviously in this same game against Arizona in this shootout, it should be a fast-paced game. And the Rams have a 30 implied total. 
And Robert Woods is out there for 88% of the snaps. He, he's an every down player. Um, he's running all the routes. He's only averaging 6.3 targets per game on a 20.7% target share so far. Um, he's still averaging 1.3 red zone targets per game. So he's involved when they get in close. I think that's only a matter of time before this guy turns around. He's, he's underperforming and it's basically because cup is, you know, has about 15% more target share in this offense. I don't expect that to continue. I expect it to get a little bit closer. I think that, you know, a $2,500 price difference between Robert Woods and Cooper cup is uh, a little bit excessive. I, I expect as the season goes on for Robert Woods to close the gap a little bit, but um yeah, 5,300 in this game environment is an awesome price for Robert Woods. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with Cup here. You know, I mentioned that Adams is the best receiver in the league, and if he's one, then Cup's got to be number two right now. You can flip-flop him. Cup's just been uh, just rock solid at the beginning of the year. And DK's now priced him accordingly. He's finally up at 7.8K, where he probably should be for the uses we've been seeing. And you said it, like, he's got the fourth highest waived opportunity in the league, third highest target share in the league, second most red zone targets. He's got a 43% red zone target share for the Rams. Well, that's just insane. Um, you know, cup is cup, but, you know, a $2,500 difference between him and Woods. Like, it's hard to believe that cup can reasonably sustain a, a 35.5% target share for the rest of the year. We've known how reliable of a target Bob Woods has been year in, year out. And, you know, a 20% target share is not bad. I still expect that to tick up probably closer to 25%. Uh, the question is, does it happen this week? Um, who knows? You know, Robert Woods is still uh, just an awesome player. Like, uh, yeah, he's getting up there in age, but I still think he's just a, a great guy, a great receiver. He does have a 25% red zone target share, like, 20.5% target share. Uh, it's just, is he really $2,500 worse than Cooper Cup? Like that, that's the thing. And if, if 5.3, like, he's priced around guys like Brandon Ayuk and, you know, Corey Davis and, you know, Cole Beasley, I think, is more expensive than him. Like, yeah, like Robert Woods, is, he projects well as well. Like at 5.3K, I have a hard time believing that we're going to see him any cheaper than this this year. Um, so I'm on board with both of them. Obviously it's hard not to lean the cup side because of what we've seen this year. I'm going to try to fit Adams and cup in my lineup, but you know, Robert Woods is an equally great play. Uh, I'll also be looking at lineups with him. So I, I can't fall either side. Um, jumping back to the Dallas game. Uh, we'll go to the other side with DJ Moore. He's uh, 6.6K. Um, man, this Carolina receiving core looks so much different this year. Um, but just to start, you know, Dallas is allowing the six most, most points per game to opposing wide receivers on the season so far, and DJ Moore is the clear alpha for Carolina. He's got a 30.7% target share, 40.8% of the team's air yards, 0.75 whoppers elite. And I think the big thing to mention here is the difference in his ADOT compared to this year and last year and comparing that to that of Robbie Anderson. He has a 10.6 ADOT on the season compared to a 13.4 uh, throughout the entirety of last season. So his role is kind of swapped a little bit with Robbie Anderson. Robbie has an ADOT of 17.7 this year. 
So he's kind of went back to the usage that we saw with him on the Jets. Uh, and it's really led to DJ Moore actually getting that alpha usage that we've been wanting to see over the last couple of years. So not to mention that Sam Darnold looks like a completely different player now that he's gotten away from, you know, the shadow of Adam Gase. <laughs> it seems like every player that leaves the Jets or just leaves Gase just begins so much better. Like Robbie Anderson mm-hmm. broke out last year. We've seen what Ryan Tannehill has been for years now. Um, but back to DJ Moore's usage, he's gotten eight, 11, and 12 targets the last three weeks to start the year. We still haven't seen any red zone usage yet, but I, I you have to think that that changes. I know we haven't seen red zone usage thus far in his NFL career, but he's just too good of a player that, for me to believe that it's going to continue. Um, the only question mark is that he's probably going to be shadowed by Trevon Diggs. Um, Trevon Diggs has already shut down Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and Devontae Smith this season, and he has been shadowing. He did not shadow Devontae Smith as much as he shadowed Keenan and Mike Evans. Um, but at a 6.6 price tag in a spot like this, the Panthers are going to have to score a lot more than they've scored in the last couple of weeks, regardless of what you think about that defense. Dallas is going to show up. Um, so Moore is just a great play on a slate that is just filled with great receiver plays. So it really is just pick your poison in this range. 6.6 K he is well in play. And I expect him to be one of the most, the one of the more owned, uh, receivers on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, you know, with, with Trevon Diggs, it's, it's possible he can just completely shadows DJ Moore, but yeah, I expect DJ Moore to win more often than not. Um, DJ Moore is an awesome player. So I'm in on him at 6,600. I think I prefer C.D. Lamb um, at 6,700 just for $100 more. Um, but I, I do like D.J. Moore in this game. So a couple more guys here. Wide receivers just so loaded. We got to keep touching on these guys. So Odell Beckham, 5,800, um, taking on Minnesota. Uh, so Cleveland has a 26.75 implied total. Um, Minnesota, you know, this game, the, the, the one thing about this game is it's probably going to be slower paced. Both these teams like to run the ball and kind of grind out games. So that's kind of the only thing pulling me off of it. But, um, you know, Odell Beckham in his, his 2021 debut, um, came out of the gates hot with nine targets and a 31% target share. He had 87 yards, um, total. He ended up getting 10 yards, uh, rushing. Um, so that's nice that they're starting to involve him in the rushing game, kind of like Robert Woods a little bit. Um, but really, it's just a matchup against Minnesota. I mean, they are just like totally terrible against wide receivers. They allow 10.8 um, yards per target to opposing wide receivers and a 72% catch rate. So um, those marks are like the worst in the league. So Odell Beckham, 5,800. It's a little too cheap, but I, I, the tough part is just this game environment. Um, if Minnesota can punch back and this game can really start to shoot out, um, but the thing is, both these teams love to run the ball. It looks like Dalvin Cook's going to be in. He's questionable, but he's, he did limit. He was limited in practice this week, so he's probably going to be in. just depends if both these teams want to open it up and start throwing. If so, Odell Beckham's in for a massive game. But if, the, if these teams just start um, slobber knocking each other on the ground and Nick Chubb and, you know, Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook are all racking up like 20 touches, this game's going to be, you know, just slow pace, be a slog. And we might not get enough targets for Odell to really be valuable. What are your thoughts on Odell? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big Odell 
uh, fan. He's kind of been one of the guys I fade in both season long and DFS. But this spot, I can't help but think that it reminds me of the windmill spot from last year when he scored three touchdowns and led us to the promised land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, he had half the team's freaking air yards last week when he came back. There's no Jarvis Landry. Um, like, I've been preaching, like, this Minnesota defense is not as good as people thought it was going to be. I don't understand why people thought this, you know, defense was going to be so improved from last year. Like they brought in a bunch of guys like Patrick Peterson. That's like way past their prime. Um, that we've seen throughout the first couple of weeks of the season, like this defense is just nothing to be scared of. Um, and Kirk Cousins has been absolutely just feasting this year. Like he's been near perfect to start the season. Um, you know, I expect the Vikings to be able to move the ball, especially if Dalvin Cook gets back on the field. They have Jefferson, they have Thielen, you know, they have the alpha that is Tyler Conklin, which is <laughs> a freaking beast. Um, but gosh, like if he ends up getting a 30% target share again, if he gets close to half the team's air yards, like if this does end up as a shootout, like the upside is just there for Beckham in the spot. Like I just think he's going to eat this secondary alive. He's clearly healthy now, finally. So at 5.8, it's just too cheap. Like, it's going to be hard to get away from him. I don't know how old he's going to be, but, like, man, it is a really juicy spot. But obviously, you know, with with any Browns, you know, receiving weapon, the floor is a true floor. Like a three for 31 game is not out of question from Beckham, but he could also, you know, 150 and three touchdowns is also in play. So um, definitely well within my player pool. Um Another guy I'll touch on really fast is just Stephon Diggs, 7.6K. Like, again, this is just a blow-up spot for Josh Allen. We haven't seen that much from Stephon Diggs this year. He's had a solid four each of the first three weeks. We haven't seen that true blow-up spot, and I think this is it. I think the Bills are just going to come out and completely crush Houston. And if that does happen, if we think that, you know, they're going to end up sitting their starters for, like, you know, the fourth quarter, because they're up big, and if they're up big, I expect Stephon Davis to be part of that. So at 7.6, I just think it's a really nice get-right spot for him. Uh, we know the blow potential he has every week. So he really sets up well. And then if you want to go down even further, I really – I can't believe that it, this is coming from my mouth. But I don't hate Corey Davis at 5K. Um, the Jets have had a brutal start to the season against opposing defenses. They played Carolina, who's looked great. They played Denver, who's looked great. And they played Bill Belichick. So, like, can you really think of three worst matchups for them to start the year with a rookie quarterback? And now Elijah Moore is out. Um, he's out with a concussion. I think Corey Davis sets up well against a really, really bad secondary in a game that, like, it's making me want to just bet the Jets outright. Like, no A.J. Brown and no Julio Jones. Like, I really would not be shocked if this is a game where Tennessee just struggles to keep the ball on offense and – you know, we actually see some life from New York because they're actually playing a defense that isn't just going to swallow them up. Like, so I think you can do a lot worse than Corey Davis at 5K. I'm not going down that route. If I'm going to play a 5K receiver, it's going to be Bob Trees or Odell Beckham. But I think you can do worse. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, so basically the gist of that conversation of wide receiver is there's a lot of wide receivers in play. Um, so just kind of pick your poison on who you're going to roll with. I think rolling with a four wide receiver build this week is definitely in play with how weak running back is. Uh, moving over to tight end. 
So if you want to pay up, play Travis Kelsey. He's 8,100. He has a 25% target share. He's averaging 24 DraftKings points per game. Yeah, the Chiefs have a 30 implied total against the Eagles. Play him, sure. He's 8,100. Uh, you know, he's always in play, and I'm always going to consider playing him in cash. Um, but in general, we like to punt it off. And there, we actually do have a couple of good punts this week. So, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about punting it off, but there hasn't really been any viable plays to punt. And now we actually have a couple of viable plays. So we'll hit on both these guys. So Evan Ingram, he came back last week. He played 56% of the snaps. He had a 17% target share. He had six targets. He ended up having only 21 yards. Um, but he did get a red zone target. So he's involved when they get in close. Um, he's 3K. You know, we know what kind of prospect this guy was coming out of um, college. And, you know, he, he's such an elite athlete. He's just really not being able to put it all together. But at this price, 3K, I mean, he's priced around guys like freaking Max Williams. Like, jo- like Jordan Aikens is 2,900. A- you know, Adam Troutman. Um, you know, Hayden Hurst is down here. It's just like he's a lot better than these guys. He has 17% target share, which is decent enough for tight ends. Um, with no Sterling Shepard and no Darius Slayton, I think that Evan Ingram is going to be in line for, um, you know, five to seven targets in the spot, 3K. It's against New Orleans, so it's not a good matchup, but it, at least it is in a dome, which is generally conducive to guys who are extremely athletic uh, to play inside in a controlled environment in a dome. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm all about Evan Ingram this week at 3K. Yeah, he's just too cheap. Um, you know, it's really just going to be Galladay, Tony, and Ingram. Like, no Shepard is a really big deal. He's been, you know, the most targeted player on that offense, and Slayton's been solid, too, to start the year. The matchup is not good. Um, you know, I expect the Giants to lose this game. I expect they'll probably be down, even though the Saints – it's hard to know what to do with the Saints right now, but hard not to expect them to be up. The Giants just look like a train wreck. But at 3K, he saw six targets in his first game back last week. Uh, you know, theoretically, should be more healthy now than he was last week. Um, you know, you can't run the ball against the Saints. So I don't imagine, that, you know, Saquon's going to be too productive. So I think they're going to have to, like, rely on the passing game a little bit more. And, you know, anytime you can project six or more targets to a tight end at 3K, we're just going to eat that up. So I love that play. Yeah. The other guy I want to mention is Will Disley at 2,600. Um, it just feels so good to be talking about a, a 2.6 K tight end. Like I, I just like makes me happy. Um, yeah. So after being a giant fish for the first three weeks, here we are. Uh, so the thing with Disley, Gerald Everett landed on the COVID list a couple of days ago. We're still, in the, it's still, you know, I haven't heard anything about if he's vaccinated or not, or if he's going to have to, you know, isolate for 10 days. Um, so that's definitely something to monitor, but you know, if Everett is indeed out on Sunday, uh, he was playing 77% of the snaps over the first three games with an 11% target share. Over that same span, Will Disley played 52% of the snaps with only a 5% target share. Uh, so if Everett sits, I look to Disley to directly fill that role, seeing somewhere, you know, 12 to 15% of the targets, obviously with upside for more. Some guy named Tyler Mabry would slot into the tight end two role. I, legit, I have legitimately never heard of him. Um, I have no idea who Tyler Mabry is, so I'm not concerned. We've seen Disley be successful. He's had a pretty good rapport with Russ in the past. And it's worth mentioning that both uh, Lockett and Metcalf popped up on the injury report. report. 
Lockett with a hip injury and Metcalf with a foot injury. It's unclear. Uh, they're probably both going to play, but you know, if either one of them were to miss, that would make Disley just a complete lock, in my opinion, at 2.6K. But regardless, I expect both of them to play. And without effort at 2.6K, like anytime you can link a, a cheap tight end with Russ, like that's going to be really nice. Uh, and it's a game that I expect to shoot out too. Like I, both these defenses have, you know, left some things to be desired. So I think it's an absolute great spot for both Ingram and Disley. And if you want to completely punt at 2.5K, there's Tommy Trimble. Uh, you know, Carolina just traded Dan Arnold for C.J. Henderson. I don't know what the hell the Jags are thinking with that. But, um, you know, Dallas has given up the second most points to opposing tight ends, over 20 points a game so far. You know, they got trucked by Gronk week one. Um, so Tremble, real, realistically, you would think that he slots into the tight end one role. Uh, I really liked him coming out of college. He's uh, just an elite blocker, just George Kettle, George Kittle level blocker. He's a pretty good athlete too. So definitely a little raw as a receiver, but a 2.5K in a game that has 52 total, like completely fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think uh, Evan Ingram is definitely the highest floor play here at 3K, but if you don't have the salary and you need to punt all the way down to Tommy Tremble, I think he's fine. Um, yeah, Gerald Everett, I just looked it up. He's still on the COVID list. Um, apparently he's vaccinated, and uh, Pete Carroll said he's feeling fine, but he, he just can't – he has to have two negative COVID tests in back-to-back days, and he hasn't had any yet. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the days are kind of running out. It's basically what Pete Carroll said, and so it's unlikely that – um Gerald Everett would play he would have to have negative tests today and tomorrow so um we'll see so obviously if Everett's playing the Disney play is out um that's contingent on Gerald Everett being out but Evan Ingram Shepard and Slayton are already out um so Evan Ingram is uh a solid 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 play at 3k I think that he's probably going to be the chalkiest tight end on the slate at least in cash he'll probably be upwards of 45 or 50%. I mean, it, as long as, um, yeah, I, I just think he's going to be such a strong play at 3K. Yeah, that's, I guess just to jump back in on your Kelsey point, uh, the one thing, if you do play Travis Kelsey, obviously never going to tell anyone not to do that. He is the one tight end that doesn't matter if you pay up for. But the point I want to make is that if you do play him, you're automatically going to have a different lineup than everyone else that you're playing against. Kelsey's never that owned in cash games because he's – you know, over 8, 8K. Um, but, you know, it automatically makes you different. You don't have to worry about being duped. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, swapping out two guys to change your lineup. Um, so there's that. And lastly, just jumping into the windmill section, I got so many freaking windmill guys in my brain, the first being Stefan Diggs. I really think he's going for 102 tuds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Terry McLaurin is just going to rip Atlanta apart. Um, and I think Odell Beckham is going to rip Minnesota to shreds. So there's three guys right there. Obviously, Diggs and Beckham being more for cash, but absolutely a great GPP plays and then Scary Terry for GPPs as well. I think, yeah, I love all those plays. I think my windmill might actually be Jalen Hurts. I just think, you know, in this game where they're going to be trailing the entire way, uh, we know his rushing upside. Like, if, the, if he runs for a touchdown – um, you know, and throws for I, I could see him throwing for two, just you know, if they pile up 40, 45 pass attempts in this spot, just chasing Mahomes. Um, with how bad Kansas City's defense is, 
I could see a 40 burger coming out of Jalen Hurts. Um, oh yeah. In this spot, if he runs, if he runs for 70 yards and a touchdown, I mean that he's putting up 40 and, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of ceiling that you look for. Um, you know, if you're looking for someone to try and match Josh Allen, he's $1,100 cheaper and he probably has a pretty similar ceiling to Josh Allen. Um, I would say Josh Allen has the highest ceiling on the slate, I think, followed by Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and then everyone else is kind of a tier below them in terms of ceiling, um, just because the rushing. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is not near the same amount of passing. Uh, there's not the same passing acumen as you know Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but that rushing is is on another level. I mean, it's right, it's getting close to Lamar Jackson. So, um, yeah, I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot at 6,900. I think he's a, I think he's a windmill. I'm probably leaning towards playing him in cash over Dak just because of the rushing. Even though Dak has a higher implied total, Dak has been killing it from a raw like just football perspective. Dak has been crushing. Um, but Jalen Hurts to me in fantasy is actually averaging more points per game than him uh, by five. So uh, 25.4 to 20.3 for Dak. So. Uh, I think it's in play to me. It's in play for Jalen Hurts to go 300 yards passing, get the 300-yard bonus, and the uh, the rushing bonus. I think the double bonus is actually in play, which is not in play for very many quarterbacks. So yeah, if there's a week for him to do it, it's this week. And I mean, like I'll say it again, the Chiefs' defense is just all time pathetic. Yeah, they couldn't stop me, quarterback. So I'm all on board on the Jalen Hurts play. They are they are horrendous. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Kansas City is allowing 280 passing yards per game and 9.1 yards per attempt. So it's in play. Jalen Hurts last week uh, against the Cowboys put up 326 through the air. Um, it's possible that he could just run absolutely amok in garbage time, basically, because I expect the Chiefs to win this game. Um, I, I don't expect the game to be very close. Saying, Hurts doesn't even have to play well. Yeah. He doesn't. He literally doesn't have to play well. It doesn't matter. I mean, he, he has – yeah. like, if he gets garbage time and he runs the ball, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he hasn't been playing that well so far, and he's he's averaging 25. And now they're seven-point dogs. They're at home. It's a fast-paced game. I, I I love Jalen Hurts in this spot. So I'm likely playing him over Dak. If I don't have the money and I need the extra 200, I'll play Dak. But I'm leaning towards Jalen Hurts if I can really – if I have the money to afford him. So – with that, that's going to do it for episode 31 of the PrintFest DFS podcast. Hopes this uh, this helps you guys build your your cash lineups. I know we don't really talk tournaments too much here, but um, yeah, that's just we really uh, put most of our you know our money each week into double ups and, and cash games. So it's kind of what we want to uh, talk about because it's what we focus on and it's kind of what we're specialists in. So um, with that, that's going to do it. We'll be back on Monday to break down how we did and. Um, talk about if we got our teeth kicked in or talk about if we absolutely printed. So um, until then, good luck, everybody.